This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. It is Wednesday. We are back doing nutritional questions, nutrition questions. Uh, Daphne, how's it going this morning? It's hump day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. That is true. All right. You, um, you're up. You have to ask me a question. That's right. This is question 26. Which of the following statements about short bowel syndrome is false? Is it A, loss of the ileocecal valve may lead to diarrhea as a result of reflux of bacteria from the colon? Is it B, resection of the colon can result in dehydration and loss of electrolytes? C, resection of the jejunum leads to malabsorption of protein, fat, and carbohydrates? D, statorrhea can result from the complete jejunal resection along with fat-soluble vitamin and zinc deficiencies? Or E, the ileum can compensate for the absorptive capacity of the jejunum. Okay. This is a very clinically useful question. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so basically, we're looking for the false statement. Sure. Um, loss of the ileocecal valve, you said, may lead to diarrhea as a result of reflux of bacteria from the colon. Yeah, that is true. Resection of the colon can result in dehydration and loss of electrolyte. That is true. I mean, the colon is really made to try to grab as much water as possible. So no colon, no water, no water dehydration. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Then we're talking about resection of the jejunum can lead to the malabsorption of protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Um, I think that's precisely the function of the jejunum to absorb protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So um, I think that's true. Then we have choice D, steatorrhea can result from complete jejunal resection along with fat-soluble vitamins and zinc deficiencies. So, I mean, that's interesting. Because technically we just said that the jejunum is really responsible for fat absorption and carbohydrate absorption. So technically, would steatorrhea be present but wouldn't I mean, other parts of the of the gut potentially could compensate. So, mm. um, so I'm not sure about that. And then the last question, the last choice is the ileum can compensate for the absorptive capacity. Um, there you go. So, yeah. All right, D. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So D uh, is the false choice. Satyria can result from complete jejunal resection along with fat soluble vitamin and zinc deficiencies. Um, so that's false. The jejunum is responsible for the absorption of all the things, protein, fat, and carbohydrate, in addition to iron, calcium, and magnesium. The ileum is responsible for uptake of vitamin B12, the release of neurologically important hormones, and the absorption of bile salts, faults, sorry, bile salts fats, the fat-soluble vitamins, and zinc. The ileocecal valve is crucial for the regulation of transit time and the prevention of colonic bacteria from entering the small intestine. The colon is responsible for water and electrolyte reabsorption. And although the jejunium is responsible for some fat absorption, the ileum is responsible for the absorption of fat-soluble 
vitamins, and zinc. The ileum has the ability to compensate for some, but not all, of the functions of the jejunum. Okay. okay. All right. Phew. You are up. Uh, oh, again with the RTA questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. So it's a table question, which is why we're laughing because it's hard to like do podcast with us. But let's see. Let's see if we can. This is question twenty-seven. It's even harder because. But let's think. We'll do it. To, we'll do. We'll it's do it together. It's a question. It's a urine question. Anyways, go ahead. An infant Number has eight. a primary metabolic acidosis caused by a proximal renal tubular acidosis. If it's proximal, it is type two. Which of the following is the most likely urine profile in this infant? Basically, you have a big table. There's five lines, five choices, A through D. And so these are your rows are your different answer choices, A, B, C, D, E. And your columns, there's four of them. And it's basically uh, whether the concentration of H plus ion is low, normal, or high. Then you have bicarb, HCO3 minus, low, normal, or high. pH, low, high, or normal slash low. And then we have potassium, low, normal, low, high. Okay. So let's do this. I mean, we're not going to go okay. into yeah. If I read yeah. everything, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, but let's no, try so to think. So this is the proximal renal tubular problem. And the, I remember that the proximal tubules are trying to reabsorb stuff. And the distal tubule is where you try to last minute dump some stuff into the urine. So you have an acidosis in the blood. You're acidotic in the blood. And if you have a failure of reabsorbing something, then you must have a failure of reabsorbing bicarb. So the bicarb goes out in the urine. Yes, that's what happens. (laughs) So already we have to have high bicarb in the urine. So that already gets us down to D and E, the only two choices with high bicarb in the urine. If you have high urine bicarb, then you would have a normal to likely low pH. So already that gives me answer choice E, but let's make sure the other things, would you have a normal to high H concentration? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Would you have a high potassium? I do think there's a swappity swap there. <laughs> I remember they mentioned it. They mentioned the swappity swap in the. There's in the a swappity swap, and I think you can have low blood potassium. I don't know because of just the pH and the bicarb. I'm going to go with E. Fine, E is the correct answer. So type one. Uh, so there are three types of RTA: RTA type one, type two, and type four. So let's go through them again. Type 1 RTA, which is known as the distal slash classic RTA, is the one where the in, there's an inability of the distal tubule to secrete hydrogen ion, leading to a lower serum pH because these H plus ions are now staying with you. Your pH goes down and a higher urine pH. Type 1 RTA can be primary, autosomal dominant, or attributable to a secondary cause such as intest- interstitial renal disease, autoimmune disease, or drug-induced. Infants affected by type 1 RTA can be treated effectively with the administration of bicarbonate. This is uh, represented 
by answer option A, where you would see a high, um, this is a, a high H plus, low bicarb, low pH, and low potassium. Type 2 RTA, which is the one we're talking about here, or proximal RTA, is a consequence of, as you said, excessive bicarbonate loss in the proximal tubule. It can be primary, autosomal recessive, or dominant, or secondary, like it is found in preterm infants, mm -hmm. or in infants with Fanconi syndrome, low syndrome, cystinosis, or tyrosinemia. So because there's an inability of retention of the bicarb, the urine bicarbonate concentration are extremely elevated. But the goal, the urine pH may be low or normal as a result of the, of the preserved renal ability to excrete That's hydrogen right. ion in the distal tubule. So That's basically right. the distal tubule is seeing it's this- trying to do its job. Yeah, seeing this tidal wave of bicarb coming down and saying, boy, we need to we need to buffer this. And a lot of H plus ions are going to be dumped to try to mitigate that uh, severe acidotic, severely acidotic urine. These, um, and so this will be uh, what's represented in option E, where you would have normal to high H plus ion in the urine. You would have a high amount of bicarb. Your pH can be normal to low because, again, the, 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 the kidney is trying to compensate. And then the, uh, the K plus, the potassium concentration would be high. Infants affected by type 2 RTA can be treated with the administration of a base, bicarbonate or citrate, and recovery is typical. Type 4, which is basically aldosterone deficiency or resistance, has five subtypes, with 1, 4, and 5 being the most common. Individuals basically have some form of aldosterone deficiency with salt wasting and hyperchloremia. Um, this is subtype 1. This is the subtype related to Addison's disease and congenital adrenal hyperplasia. Subtype 4, which is pseudo-hypoaldosteronism, is a rare and has also salt wasting. And subtype 5, which is called early childhood RT, is the most common subtype. It does not have salt wasting. This is what is represented in option B. Okay. We did. But I think that's such an important light bulb moment. <laughs> That when you have a proximal problem, the distal tubules are still going to try to do their job. But when you have the distal problem, the proximal tubules, I mean, can't, it's they won't out. see that urine. Yeah. yeah, they won't, they won't see that. So they don't get the chance to, I mean, they're doing their job, but they won't get the chance to fix what the distal tubule could yeah, do. Yeah, just like you and pharmacy, basically. If you put the order wrong and <laughs> pharmacy right. catches it, then it fixes it. If pharmacy That's makes right. the mistake, you're kind of... <laughs> Screwed. We love our pharmacists. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is another RTA question. This oh, is a very important tough. feature of RTA, I think. You'll get this right, I think. This is question 28. Infants with renal tubular acidosis. They didn't, they're not asking you which renal tubular acidosis. They often have failure to thrive. This is caused by which of the following? Is it that A, cardiac dysfunction as a result of chronic hypocalcemia? B, chronic dehydration as a result of polyuria and an inability to concentrate urine? C, chronic hypocalcemia leading to bone demineralization and impaired long bone growth? D, decreased secretion of growth hormone as a result of low serum pH? Or E, the direct effect of hypochloremia? 
Yeah, I don't have a good... I, I know the answer to this. Um, <laughs> the acidity affects the release of growth hormone. I remember, I remember writing that down somewhere. So I would say answer choice D. Yeah, and that's exactly right. This chronic metabolic acidosis is bad. <laughs> the poor growth in patients with RTA is related to the direct effects of serum acid leading to a decreased release of growth hormone. In addition, affected individuals have less interest in feeding, presumably because of the metabolic acidosis. And while the RTA is associated with polyuria, hypocalcemia, and hypokalemia, none of these are really associated with failure to thrive. Typically, RTA is associated with hyperchloremia rather than hypochloremia as a result of preferential excretion of sodium bicarbonate and reabsorption of sodium chloride in the setting of acidic urine. That's a swapity swap there. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Excellent. Right. I'll see you tomorrow, Daphna. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nicupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICUpodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.